What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How's everyone doing? How's your week? How's your Tuesday? Thanks for joining us on Tuesday the 2nd. Today is Concept Tuesday. Talk a little bit about uh, betting in units, some money management. Uh, it's Super Bowl week, by the way. Super Bowl coming up this week. We will record our Super Bowl show, our second Super Bowl preview show. I did kind of a, uh early one last week. I think we have to actually call it the big game show. I don't know. It's weird rules with that. But either way, we're recording that tomorrow night. So it should come out Wednesday night, uh, probably around, I don't know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock Pacific. So uh, keep keep a lookout for that. We'll have prop bets, favorite bets, a complete rundown, and a complete preview of Super Bowl 55, uh, the big game show. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, uh, on today's program, uh, we're going to talk about betting in units because, well, first of all, and that seems to be by far the most popular way to bet. I mean, everyone on Twitter seems to bet in units. Everyone seems to bet in units. It's not a bad thing to bet in units. It's still profitable. It's still a profitable way to bet. But it's important to have a system to bet, right? It's one thing. We've talked about this before. It's one thing to know who you're going to bet on, to do the handicapping, to know what side you want, what team you want, the over-under, whatever. But then that's only half the equation. The other half is, now how much do you bet? Because having the right side only means so much if over the course of time, you're making money. And if you're consistently putting more money on your losers than your winners, or you're consistently putting more money on the favorites than the underdogs or something like this, then you're going to lose money. If you're always betting this same amount, $100 every game, 50 bucks every game, 20 bucks every game, whatever, you're going to lose money. You have to have a way of deciding how much is a good way to bet. And we'll give you on today's show. Today's Today's podcast won't go so in-depth with math and systems and formulas. It's going to be an easy way for everyone out there to decide what the appropriate amount to bet for you is. And I'm going to give you a profitable way to do so. So again, it's all about betting in units, what we're talking about today. But there are other systems to bet with. And as I said, I think betting in units is the most... Actually, I don't think it's by far the most commonly used way. I mean, every hack on Twitter who sells picks, uh, one to five units, max play, 10 unit whale bet. It's like, okay. So in your system, you're capping your units at five, unless it's a whale play, then you give 10 unit bets. You know, that's like what constitutes that? You know, it's all over the board. But either way, betting in units is one way to bet. There's many other systems. Kelly Criterion is really is really the only other serious comparison, I believe, to unit betting. You know, the, the, the two profitable ways to bet sports, betting in units and betting Kelly Criterion. Uh, by the way, we will go ahead and post a graph to Twitter. Give us a follow on Twitter, Sharp Angle Pod. Uh, also, while, while we're on this, uh, subscribe, rate, like us, you know, on, on whatever uh, uh, podcast platform you're listening on. But uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Sharp Angle Pod, and I will post right after I record this a graph that highlights, or I guess I, I guess I should say displays the difference in optimal betting outcomes for all the different uh, uh, betting theories or betting approaches, betting strategies. And there are two profitable ones, betting in units, betting in Kelly Criterion. I'll post that graph. You can see all the different ways of betting and how non-profitable they are. <laughs> you know, there's Martingale. 
which the Martingale system, a lot of people actually, the first time I took one of my buddies to Vegas, he came up with the Martingale system without even knowing it. He said, okay, here's my plan. We'll go up to a, a roulette table. I'm going to put 10 down on red. And if I lose, then I'm going to put 20 down on red. And if I lose again, I'm going to put 40 down on red. And if I lose again, I'm going to put 80 down on red. And if I lose again, I'm going to put 160 down on red. And if I lose again, and he kept going up and up and up, right? He goes, I can't lose. There's not, they're not going to roll 10 reds in a row. They're not going to roll, right? That's a, the, the Martingale system is a fast way to lose a lot of money. You know, the Martingale system seems like it would work maybe in theory, but it's funny. Once you start looking at, at statistics and probability, it's not only rare and uncommon that you would ever get 10 or 15 reds in a row or blacks in a row. It's expected. When you're sitting there rolling the roulette table all day long, you're going to get weird things. I read a book. I think it was called, I've been on quite a, a tear lately listening to audiobooks. So I listened to a book. I didn't read the book. What if you want to get picky with it? But it was called The Perfect Bet. And it's a book about game theory, betting strategies, a couple people who specialized in beating Vegas and, and, and conquering roulette and blackjack, all that. It's, it's a pretty good read. It's a little dry at times, but um, either way, it, there was a chapter in the book where there was a team of people and, the, and they wanted data for roulette, okay? Couple team, a, a team of a couple guys, and they, they had theories about roulette, but they needed a lot of raw data to analyze and see if their theories were correct. So the only way back in, I think this was, you know, the 70s, uh, early 70s, there was no data available online, you know, no, no way to get this data. I don't even know if there's today. So what they did is they sent people into casinos to track the data by hand, okay? Well, what they ended up finding was that when they got the data back, it wasn't the same patterns that you would get with a random sequence. It was almost too non-random because there weren't things like 15 reds in a row or 15 blacks in a row. The guys essentially made up the numbers because they go, I'm not going to sit in the goddamn casino all day watching the roulette, wind spiel, uh, the roulette uh, wheel spin. I'm just going to make these results up, give them back and go take my money, get paid and you know get out of here. They didn't care about accurate results, but what they didn't realize was going to happen is the mathematicians and scientists who got this information understood that when you have so many spins of a wheel or so many anything, right? When you have a large number of anything, there's going to be such wild outliers that's expected that when you get 15 reds in a row, 15 blacks in a row, that actually is the expected outcome over the course of a lot of spins. You should get a couple of those. What these guys who made up the spins were doing is red, red, black, black, red, black, red, red, black, black, red, black, red, black, right? Because that's a misconception we think in our heads that just because it's 50-50 or in roulette 48.5, whatever, that it's going to be always along the lines of 50-50. Sit down, flip a coin a thousand times. You're going to get several times where you get heads 15 times in a row. So, you know... <laughs> it's got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I guess, uh, look, that book is really interesting. I love, you know, reading books about this kind of stuff and learning about, you know, the, the people who, who set the path for what a lot of us try and do now. Either way, Martingale system, not a good idea. <laughs> Long way to say that. Uh, Fibonacci is another system, the bet it all, whatever. So again, I'll post it on Twitter. 
All right, special thanks to Better Edge. Guys, this is really cool. I'm, I'm so happy that Better Edge came on as a sponsor because I think this is the future of sports betting, not only in America, but the world. Because here's what Better Edge does. They take the house edge away. You know that tax you pay? That little sneaky tax every time you make a bet, the 110 to win 100 or the 150 to win uh, you know, uh, 220 to win 200? That little tax is how the sports books make their money. Well, Better Edge allows you to bet VIG free because they're not a sports book. They facilitate uh, uh, essentially trades. It kind of acts like a sports uh, a stock market where you're buying or selling one end of a trade. So if someone likes a team that's minus one, or if you like a team that's, let's say, uh, plus 150, and you go to your sports book and they're plus 150 and the favorite is minus 200. Well, you go to betteredge.com. You know what you might end up seeing? The favorite is minus 200. We know this, but your side is now plus 200. Minus 200 on their side, plus 200 on your side. There's no VIG. There's no house tax. There's no house fee. Theoretically, if you bet VIG free over the course of the long run, one year, five year, 10 years, 50 years, 1,000 years, your net expected outcome is to not lose a penny. That's because it's pretty much like flipping a coin. And every time you win, I give you 10 bucks. Every time I win, you give me 10 bucks. That's a net, net zero expected outcome. We're going to, over the course of time, there's going to be as many heads as there are tails. We're going to get some weird streaks in there, but there's going to be as many heads as tails over the long run. And we're both going to break even. That's what no vig betting allows you to do. And the only place right now in the country that you can do that, that I know of, is betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Now, when you're signing up, put in promo code SHARP. That's with a P, S-H-A-R-P, SHARP. That's going to get you 10 free dollars in your account. And that's rollover free. You don't you know, you have to roll it over. So just get 10 free bucks. Sign up today, put 10 bucks in, and see how you like it. Make a couple buys, make a couple offers, see how you like the system, see how you like it, because I promise you, once you compare the prices to your from your sports book, to betteredge.com, you're immediately going to see the difference. Online, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Promo code SHARP. The Kelly Criterion and betting in units are two systems that are the only profitable ones that I know of so far in, in sports betting. Kelly Criterion, which we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on today, that's how I make my bets. That, in my opinion, and not really opinion. It's pretty much fact these days. But that, and if you know what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, Kelly Criterion is a quick way to lose money. But if your projections are accurate, Kelly Criterion is actually the optimal way to bet. And, and what Kelly Criterion does is you plug in all the different variables, and then it'll tell you what percentage of your bankroll that you want to bet. Sometimes if, you, if the edge is in your favor enough, Kelly Criterion may suggest you bet 20% of your bankroll on any given bet you know, and that's optimal strategy. So that's too much for a lot of people. So some people like to do half Kelly, you know, you do the Kelly criterion divided by two, but a lot of people aren't comfortable with that kind of money. Now that's optimal strategy. But again, if, if, if your projections aren't very accurate, then it's not good to use. So betting in units is what a lot of people do. Let's talk about betting in units, what you should look for, how you should bet in units, how you should go about, how you should, how you should uh, go about approaching deciding how much your unit should be, all that stuff. Um, first of all, you should always bet. Let's go over just a couple rules here, okay? Because 
I feel like betting in units is still for those who are professionals, quote unquote, or selling picks on Twitter, whatever. A lot of these guys still don't understand how the fuck this works and how you should bet in units. So we'll go over some 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 bullet points of what you definitely should do if you want to bet profitably in units. Number one, you should always bet to win one unit. This is what a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people like to bet a unit or or bet so your whole take back is a unit. You know, if it's if your units are a hundred dollars and it's minus one ten, you should bet a hundred and ten dollars to win a hundred. If your units are a hundred dollars and the odds are plus two hundred, you should bet fifty dollars to win a hundred. You should not always bet one unit, right? So if you get that plus 200, what a lot of people will do if their units are 100 is they will bet 100 on the underdog, hoping to hit the big score of a two unit win. The reason that's not profitable is because the more you get into underdog territory, plus 150, plus 200, plus 500, your odds of winning decrease. Every time that number goes up, your odds of winning decrease. So when you're consistently risking the exact same amount, $100, a flat linear amount on increasing or decreasing results for the underdog, that's not a profitable way to bet. You're going to lose money. Your expected outcome is to lose then. Okay. So when when your units are $100 and you see a plus 200, don't get greedy. Don't bet 100 to win 200. Bet 50 to win 100. If you're consistent in that, in that approach, and you always bet to win a unit, that's the first step a lot of unit bettors can do to kind of adjust things and start start betting more profitably. And this is something that a lot of people don't understand, whether I'm consulting someone or helping someone learn or simply just talking to another, you know, a friend who bets. Many people don't understand this concept. Bet to win one unit. Uh, number two, units should be 1% to 5% of your bankroll, but that's your decision, you know? There's so much information out there that's wrong about the idea of what a unit should be. Units should be whatever you are comfortable with, and units should be unique to you and your bankroll and your comfortability and your your bank account situation and everything. It's it's hysterical when some of these guys on Twitter will post... Uh, uh, my bets consist of units. Uh, one, uh, my my bets are units one through three sizes. You know, my, I, I bet in units one through three, and units are fifty dollars. Everyone, it's like, what? Fifty dollars for who? For you? Okay, great. Why are you advertising? What if fifty dollars? What if someone else's units are five hundred? What if someone else's units are five? So units should not be a. A, a, a fixed price or something that someone else decides for you. Units should be whatever you are comfortable with. There is just so much misinformation out there. It's it's amazing how many people on Twitter who are claiming to be pros just don't know what they're talking about, and they say all these ridiculous things. And you know, w- whenever I read something like uh, I'm, I, "I slay the bookies for a living," this is how I pay my bills. Taylor fade my units. My units are one. Th- my bets are uh, one through five units. It's like I immediately know it's some. Probably some young kid who hadn't been doing this very long, who's on his couch looking for five minutes at a game, charging picks for it. By the way, we've never charged a dime for picks on this show. It's it's crazy. I can't believe what's going on right now in the world of sports betting. I mean, that's why we started this show. That's not why, but it's a big reason why. Is there so much misinformation 
I was like, hey, if I do a podcast and get good info out there, you know, we, we've we've got to get some listeners. And we have. By the way, I appreciate everyone listening, telling your friends. Um, you know, it, it's been great so far. And, uh, you know, we're only going to keep going up because the more there's bad information out here, the more people want and crave good, profitable information. All right, let's move on. Uh, uh, again, unit sizes should be 1% to 5% of your bankroll, uh, but that is your decision. Uh, don't raise your units after a winning streak. This is what I said. It's a rookie mistake. It's what a lot of people will do. You get on a 10 game streak. You get on a fifth. Remember what we just talked about with reds and blacks? Even if you're not a profitable better, even if you're not a, a professional, you're going to have a streak in life or and maybe once a year or whatever, if you bet enough, whatever, where you win 10 games in a row. That's going to happen to everyone. You're also going to have some streaks where you lose 10 in a row. It happens to the best of us, but either way, if you get on a 10 game winning streak, and your unit sizes are 100 bucks. Let's just say, for instance, let, let, let's ease back. Let's be more realistic for what most people listening bet. If you have $100 in your account and you're betting 5% of your bankroll, your units are $5, okay? Let's use that. That's what I think a lot of people are, are operating with. You put in 100 bucks, you want to roll with that for the season or whatever, okay? And that would be what I would recommend. If you have $100 in your account, I don't think your units should be any higher than 5%. Now, that's my opinion. I think that that's, that's proper money management. If you want to bet more, go ahead. But I would recommend in between 1% and 5%. So let's say you have 100 bucks in your account. You're betting $5 a game. And you go on a 10-game winning streak. Or excuse me, you, your units are $5. And you go on a 10-game winning streak. Now all of a sudden, you've got 150 in your account. To suddenly say, you know what? Let's just start going 10 bucks a game. Or let's raise the units to 750 Changing your units based on a small winning streak or even a medium winning streak is not smart. If you want to adjust units, make sure it's something you can do long-term and you're prepared for the good and the bad. I always say this to people who ask, your bankroll should be able to sustain a 10-game losing streak. You should be able to lose 10 games in a row and be okay. If you're betting with 5% of your bankroll, 10-game loss in a row, which is rare, even if you're horrible at sports betting, that's hard to do. But let's pretend you do. You've only lost half your bankroll. Now, that may be a lot of money for some of you guys, but this is how you approach it. You shouldn't get excited. Don't use, don't raise your units after winning one bet. And a word to the wise, and most of my audience won't have a problem with this, but some who think they're better than they are, they might have a problem with this. Just stick to one unit bets. Okay. If you really think that you can predict which games are a higher edge for you, you know, which games have a better chance. Cause again, going back to my Twitter, my Twitter pick sellers, all these guys on Twitter, what they'll often do is, okay, guys, this is a two unit game, four unit game, three unit game, five unit game, one unit game. It's like, okay. If you guys really think that you can predict which games have a higher edge percentage for you, which is usually represented by the way, in decimals of percentages, then you should be betting in Kelly Criterion. The idea that you can accurately say, now this game's a, a higher chance, this game's a lower chance, this is a very high chance, and you're betting in units is, a, is a, a pretty big red flag that you're just bullshitting. Uh, I really love this. Yeah, three unit game. Why? Why? And let, if you can actually tell me that this three unit game has a higher chance of hitting than your one unit games, you should be betting Kelly Criterion. It is so much more profitable. Unit betting 
is actually pretty basic. That's why we're talking about it today. A lot of my audience doesn't want complicated. That's fine. Unit betting is basic. But it's not nearly as profitable as Kelly. But you've got to know the difference. If you're going to bet Kelly Criterion, you've got to know the difference between a 60% bet and a 57% bet. The difference between a 54% bet and a 55% bet. Because that's what these people on Twitter, sometimes betting you one unit, sometimes betting two units, sometimes three or four or five. This is what they imply they know by doing this. These games have a higher chance of winning. These games have a better chance of hitting. If you're betting that way, you should always be betting Kelly Criterion. But that's only if you can tell the difference between these bets. And let me let me tell you something. There's not many bets out there that exist that are over 60%, that you're going to hit over 60% of the time, that are priced minus 110. Let's just stick to minus 110 bets right now. Obviously, if a bet's minus 800, okay, that's going to hit over 60% of the time, right? Minus 110 bets. It's I, I, I bet there are five a year where the sports books are off that much to where it's priced that incorrectly. So most bets that we make that are profitable fall in between the corridor of 53% and 60%. They're somewhere in there. So what what Twitter, what the Twitter touts are insinuating, if they're if they're giving a whale play or a 10 unit bet or a 50 unit max or whatever their stupid little thing is, all that's saying is it's another way of saying we have a bet that we think is probably 59 to 60%. But if you do that and you only increase to your arbitrary whale play or five units, whatever, you're not maximizing your profit because you're not using any 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 formula to tell you how much to bet. So if you know how much to how what the difference is in, in, in implied probability, then use Kelly. But if not, stop betting in more than one unit. Just stick to a unit. Stick to that one fixed price. That's the only way to go about things. If you think you're smarter than that and you start betting 10 units a game, what's the point of a unit? First of all, just up your unit size. But second of all, you're going to lose a lot of money very quickly. And I know today's show has been kind of, I'm going off on a little tangent here, a little tangent there. I have one more quick little tangent and I could do an entire podcast on this one. But it's on winning percentage. And just to go back to what I talked about, the percentage of 60% winners, 57% winners, 55% winners, things like that. If you ever hear anyone claim to be a 65% winner or a 70% winner or even a 60% winner, you know one of two things. They're either full of shit because that's so hard to do or they're not nearly maximizing their profits. They're they're betting scared. They're betting not knowing what they're doing because they're not maximizing profits. That's like saying, if you're really a 60% better and... Okay, let, 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 let's quickly walk through this because again, I, I, I want to make this so it's not, it doesn't go on too long. But if you tell me you're 60% better, like I said, I think you're probably lying because no true professional goes 60%. That's a crazy number. But if you are truly 60% and you can prove that, I think that you don't know what you're doing in terms of money management, because if you truly are that good of a better, that means, and that profitable, that good of a professional, that means you can tell me the difference between a 60% bet and a 57% bet. You should have no no problem doing that. You should have no problem telling me the difference between a 54% bet and a 56% bet. And if you can do that, and you're still betting at a 60% win rate, that means you're ignoring everything that's a 54% winner, 
55% winner, 56% winner, 57% winner, 58% winner, and 59% winner. You're not betting any of those games? Why not? There are so many more. 55% winners on any given day than 60% winners. So you could make, if you made $100,000 in a year and you were 60%, roughly, I would say you could make a million if you went 55% because your volume would go up times 20. And and it's still profitable. Keep in mind, 55% is still profitable. So if you can bet 20 times more volume with all profitable bets, why would you not do so? So the whole idea of, hey, I'm great because I'm 60%. It's like, you're not that great because you're not maximizing near what you could be making or you're just full of shit. So again, I could do a whole podcast on why going 60% is actually a bad thing. I'll, I'll get back to the, you know, the, the topic of today right now, but that gets me going all the time when I see these hacks going, yeah, we're 70%. It's like, dude, that's not a good thing. Anyway, um, last but not least, oh, we already went over that one. Don't raise your units after a winning streak, after a winning streak. Um, I will post the graph on Twitter. Give us a follow at Sharp Angle Pod. I will post the graph of unit betting compared to Kelly Criterion, compared to Fibonacci and Martingale and bet it all and let it ride and all the rest so you can see what optimal betting looks like over the long run with these different systems. But to go over the main points for betting in units, bet to win one unit. Again, bet to win one unit. Units should be 1% to 5% of your bankroll, but that's your decision. You should just stick to betting one unit a game and don't change your units after a winning streak. Don't suddenly raise your units if you're winning a whole bunch of money. Keep it consistent. All right, guys, that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle Podcast.